to Notorious P.O.D. episode 38. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It's another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I'm joined by Cal. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, all good, champ. You are, you are dripping in. Is that an MF Doom? Yeah, it is. It came today. Uh, oh, mate, it looks fresh. Yeah, it came oh, today. Oh, well, is that like, um, they're like stamps. I've seen them, like, yeah. you can get books, posters, to- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this company called Medina, uh, it's a British-based hip-hop apparel company, and uh, I bought a been buying some bits off him for a few years now and uh yeah a lot of it is like stamps and the side kind of profile thing but yeah yeah i just uh yeah got it yeah pretty cool so, so, talking of well-dressed hip-hop enthusiasts Thelonious filth is back for up? his first step of the year what's up son yeah no no mishaps this time <laughs> completely yeah. sober and 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 present yeah, we, we missed you, mate. I mean, Flav, um, he's, he, you know, he stepped into your shoes as best he could. And I thought he, he did, did good. Pro- he did a good job. Um, but it's nice to have you back, mate. It's nice to have the, the Hip Hop Forum triumvirate back together. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. So and we we've kept our promise because we, we said we were going to do bi-weekly episodes. I mean, granted, it's, it's early days. Like, it's two, two episodes in. I'm not dressed very hip hop today. I am. I'm. A cow called me a clean shirt before we started recording. I'm just in a, in a, in a white t-shirt, a white shirt, sorry, and I'm drinking a bud. So it's not not very hip hop for me today. So I'm going to rely heavily on you boys today. Um, right. Let's just let's just jump in. Uh, street report up first. Uh, which is the latest in the world of hip hop? There's there's been a few bits going on this week. Uh, yeah. Dre's out of hospital, so we spoke about that on the last episode. So it's nice to see him back. Uh, just quick, obviously, T, you weren't here last week. Uh, thoughts on Dre's hospitalisation and now subsequent return to normal life? He's a fucking scumbag, isn't he? But you know, <laughs> he d- he didn't die, so I guess that's the main thing. But um, no, I mean. I guess we're going into cancel culture territory. You know, he's not not a very pleasant man, but in the in the pantheon of hip hop, he's a colossus. You know, he, if he was in Mount Rushmore for some people, I wouldn't argue against it. But um, he seems to be on the mend. Back in the studio making detox. Um, he's been making detox since two thousand. So yeah, he, all he does is take he takes selfies in the studio, then fucks off home. Gives yeah. his missus a clump. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is the ultimate uh, dick tease. Like he, he's just like he's just a thirst trap for hip hop fans. He's just there, like taking selfies. You know, like some girls are like constantly putting like sexy selfies on their Instagram. You're like, haven't you got a boyfriend? Like, aren't you married? Like, what? Why are you posting all these like sexy snaps for people to DM you? That's Dre. Just gets exactly. any like any hot rappers. Like, come to my studio so we can take a picture. And they're like, oh, we're gonna make music. He's like. <laughs> No, just, just just come in. We'll just get we'll just get the internet buzzing. Like, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, he's out. He uh, he hits women. He's problematic. He's made some of the greatest hip hop. So who the fuck knows? But he's out. He's out. Yeah, so we'll he's see. out. Right. Let's get um. Let's get into something more UK based. We talk a lot about uh, US shit, but we you know hip hop is universal, uh, and the offshoots of hip hop music lead to other forms, other genres, uh, grime, drill, all sorts of shit. And we're seeing some stuff from um, some very prominent UK artists at the moment. Some beef is popping off, Cal. Um, now, in true Notorious P.O.D. style, uh, we've done very little research on this topic. But in your infinite wisdom, you actually read an article, which is 
way beyond the pale uh, of what we're used to on this pod. So, clean we shirt, are, Carl. Course, yeah, I mean, he's, he's proper clean shirted it. I'm, I'm sort of, <laughs> I feel like we should boot him out here, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, we are, of course, talking about Stormzy and Chip, the beef. So, Cal, yeah. I, I will I will defer to your um, wisdom on this one, mate. Give us a, for those people who maybe not know what's going on with this particular beef, let's, just give us a little bit of an insight on this one. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of felt the need to do some research because, uh, you know, UK hip-hop slash grime slash drill, whatever, is not my expertise, really. So I kind of thought, okay, let's kind of look this up. And uh, one, it was one of the girls in the office that made me aware of it um, about a month ago or so. She said, oh, have you heard that Chip's gone for Stormzy? And I was like, oh, really? And like, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I know Chip when it comes to the sends. And when it comes to beef, yeah. Chip is the guy. And yeah. I thought, Stormzy can't win this. And so apparently, that what, how it started was on a, was on a, a song called Waze that uh, Chip was on with Skepta. And he just, he sent for him a little bit, but he didn't say his name. It was just little subliminal pokes here and there. Okay. Uh, and then Stormzy kind of come back on him on, an, on a track called I Don't Know, which by a guy called Ty and Wayne, or I, I don't really know who that is. Ty on Wayne. I, sorry, thank you. Um, and um, and then again, subliminals, subliminals here and there, nothing really. And then Stormzy just went all the way left and said, I'm coming to your house. And he just rocked up at his house with the goons <laughs> and <laughs> down in Essex, rocked up with the goons and tried to get into his house. And uh, <laughs> apparently Chip wasn't there. Like he wasn't okay. there. He was out and about doing whatever probably looking for petrol stations to film this is at and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> scouting them going oh that fucking texaco looks all right didn't it yeah yeah but i like that shell down in fucking bethnal green that's lovely isn't it yeah so um yeah so he was out and about when stormzy turned up and one of the neighbors was out the window shouting at him going you have all done it stormzy turning up in my ass you mug and uh i really then, like yeah. that Cal, I, I, let me just stop you midway through this. What I really like is you've turned this Stormzy and Chip beef into yeah. some sort of like East End Reggie Cray yeah. style. Like, you know, I've got pictures of like old Doris leaning out the window having a go. Stormzy's like Reggie Crayed up. Are you fucking tooled up, you mug. <laughs> like Chip's there. Are you fucking slag? I'll catch you, boy. And like, that, in my mind, that is fucking brilliant. I'm, I'm yeah. enjoying that. So continue on that theme, mate. Well, that's, that's it. It's UK rap at the end of the day. And, you know, I'm not. I'm not good at voices. I'm not really good at like different accents. I can, I can do Trevor Slater from EastEnders, and I can do Geezers. That's it. I, I I can't do anything else. So that's what I'm. You know, I can do. I guess I can put Stormzy in the Trevor Slater voice. <laughs> oh, you wee slag! Oh, I'll fucking fill you in, you cunt. Um, but um, but yeah. So then after that, Chip then found. He was he settled on Shell. He settled on a Shell petrol station. Nice. nice. He settled on Shell. Apparently, apparently he'd filmed a uh, kind of a diss track back there before uh, down in Shell. And uh, yeah, and I actually really like this one. It's called Flowers, and uh, it's a really nice diss track. Um, and then he went again on another track called Killer MC, and then he did another track called Ten Commandments. Stormzy's replied again subliminally on a track with Getz, which is called Skengman. Yeah. Um, but he's not outright sent for Chip yet, other than rocking up at his house. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's a little bit weird, you know. I just, I kind of think Stormzy's like, you're, you're a big man. 
Like you're a big man. Like you're like doing like big things. You're like doing Amer- you're doing like the Breakfast Club. You're doing shit in America. You're doing songs with Ed Sheeran. You're doing gospel shit. And then you're gonna get the goons and rock up at someone's house. And if I was to be in a room with him at a safe distance, of course, I would say, What was your plan there, mate? What was the plan? Like, if you go in there and smash him up, how does that end for you? It was just yeah. weird. It was just a little bit weird for me. Um, but interesting stuff. For sure. T, what was your uh, what was your take on this whole this whole thing? Because I think uh Cal touched on a good point there. Like Pretty much in like in the I fucking hate the term in a in a British urban scene which encompasses essentially fucking millions of genres and is really insulting. But let's just go with it. In the urban scene in the UK, Stormzy is pretty much the, the top boy now. I think that's like fair to say he's pretty much in yeah. that bracket, right? So this this beef is like it's a classic scenario of like what does he gain from it? Like it's just a bit of a weird one. And and I know we were speaking just off air in terms of like chips uh, prowess when it comes to to beef. So. Well, yeah, what's your thoughts, mate? I'd be, I'd be interested to see your take on this one. Well, I mean, the year this time about a year ago, we were, you know, sat in the same room pre-COVID talking mm. about him beefing with Wiley. And he was applying to Wiley saying, you've got, got 24 hours to apply, you know, saying it was chest. And now we've got Chip, who's like, you know, a certified barsman, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't seem to want to know. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's a bit weird. It's exciting. I think fans love a bit of beef. Preferably with happy endings and not Biggie and Tupac. But, um, yeah, I don't see... I can't see Stormzy winning, but stranger things have happened. Maybe Stormzy's got some stuff in the chamber. Maybe Storm. Maybe Stormzy does a Jay-Z. I said, I give you guys half a bar, fuck y'all. Kind of yeah. thing like it did on the takeover. Maybe he just does that. But Yeah. Yeah, it, he, he wouldn't win in a, in a beef with um, Chip on a mic. Yeah, it's definitely a noticeable difference between this and the Wiley situation because there were, like, visuals... <laughs> And it was like, it was always a little bit longer for Stormzy to come back than Wiley. Like, so Stormzy would drop something and Wiley was like, bang, straight back. And then it was like a couple of days ago, quiet, and then Stormzy would drop something. With this, it does it does feel like, it does feel different. It doesn't feel like it's like a back and forth. It just seems like subliminals here and there, lots of shit going on. Because I do feel that Stormzy kind of knows it's an unwinnable beef. And it's slightly different with the Wiley thing because there's essentially more to go at with Wiley. Like there's a, he's become for all of his like brilliance musically, he's become quite an easy target and he bites like no one else. Whereas mm. Chip obviously bites because he loves beef, but he does it proactively because mm. that is his best format. That's the best way he gets the best out of himself. So it's an interesting one. Watch this space, I guess is what we're yeah. saying on this one. I, I think it's like, with Wiley, like he had something, i.e., Mumsy banged up abroad. Like he had mm. a story, he had something that I can go, I can get this and I can tell everyone about it. And it's clear for me that he doesn't have anything on Chip. He doesn't have anything that he can say about him other than, and if you listen, if you look at like some of the little subliminal disses he's done, it's just been like, oh, I've got more money than you, mate. And it's like, oh, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, you both cool. got money. You're both fine. It doesn't matter. So I don't think I don't think he can win because he can't rap as good as Chip. And I just don't think he's got. He hasn't got anything on him. He yeah. doesn't have receipts. And if he doesn't have receipts, he he can't win. Um. So, but it's it's fun. We always love a good, you know, bit of beef. We do. We do. And and I guess with these things, it's like it, it's it's to be enjoyed. Like like T said, until it gets to a point where it's like. It's, it crosses that line 
of entertainment and becomes like violence. We don't want to see that. Um, but while these guys, you know, two of the sort of like the barsmen of the moment going at it, well, let's just fucking enjoy it. Like there, there's some top tier lyricism going on. Uh, and Chip is one of those that like, I've just, ne- I've never listened to his stuff. Like I've never gone out of my way to like sit down and listen to like a mixtape or an album. But every time I hear something from him, I'm always impressed. I always think he's really fucking good. Um, so just enjoy it. Like it's just there to be enjoyed. So it's good stuff. Um, complete, de- complete detour. We did an episode of Hip Hop Forum where we we were speaking about logic, um, <laughs> trash logic. You are trash. Uh, we 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 basically were talking about uh, logic's retirement. And yeah. if I remember rightly, and I'm I'm not going to, but I could probably go back, dig up the audio, and clip it in. I'm not going to. I'm sure we all said this is like every other fucking retirement in hip hop where it's a retirement until it's not a retirement and then they're back and it's like a big thing. And literally about five minutes before we were recording, um, we we put into the running order that Logic is dropping a new mixtape under Dr. D alias. Um, I, I'm not sure which one of you put this in. So talk to me. Cal, talk to me. Uh, well, it was T, to be fair, that put it in the WhatsApp group and I was so outraged that he'd done this. I was like, it's going in the running order. He's fucking wound me up. Because we have spoken about Logic a few times on this podcast and I've mostly slagged him off, but I have also said, do you know what? I actually quite like some of his songs. Some I do like like five or six of his songs. Um, but for he's basically doing he's coming out of retirement which is not a massive surprise because he's still a pretty young guy and i can't think of a rapper that's retired and never unretired especially at such a young age um but then he's like done that and then come out of this mixtape which is blatantly biting mf doom's persona it's like a fucking b-tech mf doom it is just fucking it's it's an it's an insult it is a fucking insult to a, a man that's just passed away and is a genuine legend of the fucking culture and of the genre and you have this fucking little gorm that's decided that oh i'm gonna do an album just like him and i feel quite comfortable saying that because i'm not a tough guy but i think if i could have one rapper i could have logic oh yeah free rounds body body shot stoppage like easy work uh it's just it's so fucking there's so there's people he is like and i've said before he's like a fucking hybrid of like loads of different rappers he just bites loads of different styles of different rappers but now he's like biting whole personas it's like you remember when you was a kid and you'd go in like you'd go in like the post office and they'd have like those little fucking jekyll he-men action figures <laughs> he's like that's what his mixtape cover looks like it's like one of those fucking snide wrestling figures it's like <laughs> it's, it's not it's like they, they can't afford the hulk hogan fucking licensing so just call it like hulk mogan instead it's just fucking <laughs> stew that's what that mixtape looks like it's just it's just really fucking wound me up. He's a dick. Oh, I've just seen the artwork. Fucking hell. You're not joking Can about you this. Can you see what I'm saying? The dude rip-off is berserk. What the fuck has he done that for? It's literally it's literally a rip-off of Doom. What the fuck has he done that for? The backlash on this is going to be incredible. Yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, T, what do, you, what do you think about this, mate? Have you, seen, have you seen, the, seen the images? I'm just going through the replies now. And um, someone says he's been planning this since 2019. Mm. One of the lyrics in There's No Pressure Freestyle was Snap My Fingers Like Thanos and Bobby Boy Bringing the Doom. So it was something he planned before Doom died, apparently. But 
As Carl said, he's got form for biting people. I think it was the Freddie Gibbs who only lived twice. Is that his yeah. album? Yeah, he only lived twice. He bit that cover, yeah. and eventually they 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 ironed it out. But um, he's got he's got form for it, and I don't know. It's probably just unfortunate timing that MF Doom dies, and there's a massive outpouring, rightly so, for his death. And yeah. he puts this album out. He's um, I don't think he has a great deal of self awareness. Um. It's just it's just very weird, but it's kind of in line with Logic's brand. Very much so, <laughs> very much so. I, I'm quite shocked to be honest, because let's say let's say Parallel Universe Doom's still alive and he drops this, it's still fucking berserk. It's still it's mental. Like yeah. the, it literally looks like someone's just gone. Ah, fuck it. No one will know the difference. Like just that's fine. And then it's one of those very obvious things where everyone's like, you do realise that looks like MF Doom. And he's just gone, ah, yeah, 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 nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, mate, come on, like, fuck. Yeah. And also, do you know what? What I really want to pick at is it is his people have a fucking word, have mm. a word, mate. Like, they must know, they must be into hip hop, they must have some influence over him. Just like they, you know, he might ask for their opinion on stuff. Just say it's a bit like Doctor, D- it's a bit like MF Doom, mate. It's Doctor D, Doctor Doom. It's the fucking same thing, and then the with the mask, it's exactly the same. It's not. Don't don't do the. It's a homage. Fuck you. It's not a homage. You've just you just you're a cunt. You are a cunt, mate. That's yeah. it. Like so, he, if he yeah. wanted to like pay homage, which I don't think this is at all. This is just no. a bite. This is just a bite, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he could have done a thing where like he wrapped over MF Doom beats and the cover right. could have been like his face with the fucking mask on it or whatever. But don't like make some like weird Jekyll MF Doom kind of mixtape. It's just it's fucking offensive to be honest. It's yeah. Just... It's mental. Or like also like I've got no problem. Like let's say let's say for argument's sake, right, he's retired and he's gone like, do you know what? I want to retire the idea of logic because I can't be bothered with all the shit that comes with it. But I want to keep rapping. I want to keep making music. So I want to mm. rap under an alias. They're literally <laughs> the entire world of things that you can come up with as concepts and ideas. Someone's already done Dr. Doom, MF Doom, Doom fucking stuff. It's done. And a mask and a silver mask at that. Like that, that's done by one of the greatest to ever do it. So just as soon as you go right, I want to do an alias. You go well, I can't do MF Doom or anything related to MF Doom, so let's park that. And you come up with fucking anything, anything else, like and that it does stink, like it proper stinks. So logic, you are trash, <laughs> trash. trash. And, the th- and the thing is, um, MF Doom doesn't have ownership over different personas. Um, Koo Keith did it before him with Doctor Octagon. So it's not like him having an alias is biting MF Doom. It's just no. a way in which you've chosen to do it that makes it look so bad and the timing. Yeah. yeah. For me, yeah, it's not the alias thing. It's the mask and the name. Like, those are the two pretty offensive things to me. And so soon after, you know, MF Doom's passing as well. Yeah, spot on. All right, well, let's... Um, we're going to... No, move... don't ever break. Why? You can't have Street Report without talking about Griselda and Conway potentially leaving Griselda. This is Griselda news. A pod. <laughs> this is Griselda news. Do you know what, right? I was thinking all the way through this. I was like, no one's put it in the running order. 
I'm not going to mention it, and I'll see if I can get through without no. <laughs> getting to it. Because no. Street Report for some time has just been called, aka Griselda News. Griselda uh, News. I took it off, and then all of a sudden we actually had some genuine Griselda News. So let's let's not break from tradition. Talk talk to us, Cal, about this uh, Conway and Griselda breakup. He is like not happy. He is not a happy chappy at all. He says he's got one more album left. Because he was replying to some people on Twitter and he said, I've got one album left. I'll do the album. But he also said, like, those guys, those other dudes aren't as real as me. Was, to paraphrase what he said, that's what he said. I'm just like, raw. That's like heavy. Like, it's like a Griselda Civil War, which I think is actually a real shame. Yeah. Um, Because they've been, you know, we've spoken about them so many times over this podcast. They've been a breath of fresh air to hip hop. Yeah. And they brought out so much quality content. For me, it's just a shame. That's the only thing I'm going to say about it, really. T, how'd you feel, mate? Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I think Conway and Westside Gun are brothers. So, you know, it's a bit of a shame they got a fallout like that. But I think Conway wants to put music out on his own imprint. So that's probably it, really. He wasn't involved in the c- conflicted movie that I think Griselda put out. So maybe he's not just put out of joint by that a bit. But, uh you know, as long as they're still putting out music, it's fine. Hopefully it's not um, a nasty divorce. Yeah. And look, sometimes with, with these, like, sort of groups or, um, uh, like, artists that kind of form into something else after they break up, and sometimes you get good music off the back of that. Um, and so it's not always a bad thing. You know, like, I guess it wasn't really a breakup, but if you look at, like, the Wu-Tang solo albums, some fucking classic material after that period... Like, granted, there's there's obviously some crossover, and there will be with this, right? It's not going to be a completely clean break. There'll be, like, similar producers being used on stuff. And so you'll still get that Griselda-ish sound, um, but it'll just be, like, solo projects. And actually, like, sometimes that... We talk about it all the time with artists when it's like they run out of stuff to say. Sometimes a bit of needles what you need. Like, yeah. it would be great to hear a Conway album to be like, he's a fuck you to the rest of Griselda. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. there for that. That would be fucking sick. Um so yeah, look, it's it's a shame because we've really enjoyed what they've done, but hip hop by its very nature is fighting and like pushing back and falling out and nastiness. There is a lot of that built in the music and I think it will create some good music as a result of it. So yeah, watch this space. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. We were just talking then about my um, first love holiday and listening to Dr. Dre's um, 2001 round of pool in Malia during the day. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was great times. And just in the quick break there, we were discussing whether or not that album included samples. Uh, and we were talking about um, we were talking about a couple of different tracks. So we were talking about uh, "Forgot About Dre" with Eminem. It's a little techno techno sample in there. Uh, what else were we talking about? Some other tracks on there. Yeah, next episode. Next episode, which is uh, David Axelrod, "The Edge." Mm-hmm. It's uh, like a jazz record sampled on there. Um, and for me, samples in hip hop of just like they just go hand in hand. They're like Cal and a. Uh, wrestling belt yeah they're like tea and edibles they're just <laughs> hand in hand yeah things that you associate with each other me and bootcut jeans right they just yeah. they you just associate those two things uh but there was some there was some controversy this week when a clip went viral on twitter uh which showed basically the original samples 
that had been used in some very prominent Timberland tracks, including like Big Pimpin and some Aaliyah tracks. And I, I don't want to be discouraging towards our younger listeners, but I, I think this was like millennials and younger that lost their shit when they realised that some of these hits had been sampled by other uh, music forms uh, that were different to America. And so it, it became a conversation around almost cultural appropriation, but musical appropriation. And people have gone fucking mental about it. And so now we're there seems to be like a civil war on Twitter, which is basically like those of us who know that samples are exist and are a thing, and the other side of the debate who are absolutely appalled by the use of samples. Um, T, give me your take on this, mate, because for, I, I'm, all of us, I'm sure, are the same. That samples, it's not a shock. We know about them. We get them. Some of our favourite tracks are samples. But can you put yourself in the mindset of someone that finds that really weird or not? Um, not really. Um, sampling is a massive part of the primary music that I listen to, which is hip-hop and R&B. Um, but like like any other instrument, people sample well. People don't play instruments well. Some people are, you know, like Dilla, uses samples very well. And when you see the samples broken down, it's quite intelligent. But you know, I'm not. I'm not against people not using samples in hip hop either. I think the thing of hip hop is not a monolith. It, so many things can be hip hop, whether it's um, whether it's fucking Death Grips or your favorite Little Wayne, or if it's someone like Cool G Rap or a mortal technique of loads of loads of um, bars and wordplay. So, you know, I think that people getting mad at Timbaland using Middle Eastern music. I think in some ways it kind of brought it to the fore to a degree and. With, you know, I think Nas said himself, there's nothing new under the sun, so there's no, there's no harm in going to the East and finding different samples to use. I think, um, I mean, I think Pete Rock used a fellow Cootie sample in an I and I song. So people are, you know, going to Western Africa, you know, old Ethiopian jazz. Anything can be sampled, and I think that's what makes makes hip hop great. Agree, Cal. What's your views, mate? Um. For a long time, I used to hate on Timberland quite a lot, you know. I, I as I said on one of the earlier, um, early, I don't know if it was a hip hop forum or if it was one of the album specials, but I, I used to be quite fond of saying he hasn't done anything good since Big Pimpin. I used to love saying that. I'd said it for about ten years, um, but now I actually have some ammunition to really hate him. I think Timberland is a fucking disgrace. I think he's. A, <laughs> I think he's. A, I think he's a disgrace. I think he's a thief. <laughs> His career died on a near black cross that plane. <laughs> yeah. He set that up because he knew Aaliyah knew all his secrets about how much of a thief he is. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Um, I I think it's great that, you know, I think it's one of those things that's perhaps quite unique to, to hip hop is that the sampling and things like that. And, you know, we, we've had a question before about what got us into hip-hop. And a lot of the time, for me, it was like my auntie used to listen to like old soul music and shit like that. And so because I've listened to hip-hop, you then start to discover Donny Hathaway and the Isley Brothers and all these other great soul artists. Um, and so it's a wonderful thing that, that hip-hop samples because it, it, it kind of creates... Uh, new audience for these artists that have made great music over the years. And I just think it's, but the, perhaps just a lot of these, you know, a, a lot of these guys on Twitter that are, you know, whinging about it. It's perhaps they're just, they're just not aware. 
they're just not aware of the, the history of the culture and you know how long this kind of stuff has been going on for but it's also a bit weird yeah it's um i think you, you both make really good points um like in the idea of like one there's the skill element of it like it's a beautiful art form in my opinion like taking something and i think i've said it a few times on the pod like essentially recycling music and bringing it to a new audience i think is a like is it is genuinely like a brilliant thing it, it helps these artists get more exposure to a different continent in some cases just a different age bracket like i think it's a great thing and to your point Carol, in terms of like being introduced to those artists through through hip-hop and listen to those samples is great the flip side of it is if you get rid of it what i think you lose is the is the soul that ties it together so like those those artists that you mentioned that have been sampled numerous times Izzy brothers donny hathaway etc etc the the soul in their music is is like transported into hip-hop so you're like tying the roots down of the originators of hip-hop into like the, their modern version of it and if you don't do that what you're left with is eminem beats just synths and fucking computer made drums and they're just soulless and that's always my biggest problem with modern hip-hop when people say oh that beat's lit and it's fucking i'm gonna get turned in the club shut the fuck up there's, there's no soul there's no soul there like you can you can make an aggressive track with with soul like you can make it have something about it um with with a sample and it just sounds amazing and i just feel like it's the syntheticness of sampleless music so essentially like as computers have got so much better and you can recreate sounds doesn't mean we should like some of the great filmmakers they still record on film because they like the look of it and the feel of it and the way that it's it brings those pictures to life the technologies move way past film but they prefer it for those reasons it's the same for me for sampling is like it's a brilliant core tenant of hip hop. It's what makes hip hop amazing. Digging in the crates, like it's just a like, not only the crew, but just like generally that that idea of like searching for that bit of gold, that sample that's going to make people remember it. And there's, you know, pretty much all my favorite tracks are samples. Like, you know, some of the best hip hop records of all time are just brilliant like samples. And for me, it's like you are fundamentally against hip hop if you're against the idea of sampling. The other thing is like hip hop in its like origins and it's like start of his form is is uh ingenuity it's like taking like old beaten up technology put you know fixing wires together and and making music and it's the same thing when hip-hop started people didn't have time or the money or the access or resources to go and spend thousands of pounds on equipment and sit in a studio and make beats you, you had a record collection from your mum and dad or you went and looked for like bargains in like sales and you'd find a sample that's amazing and you'd buy a secondhand NPC and you'd make beats. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, it's, that's the beauty of hip-hop to me. And so when I saw this, I was like, first just laughed, and then I was just fucking lost my head. And I was like, honestly, <laughs> anyone's got a problem with sampling, let's, I'll, let's have it out on the cobbles, mate. Yes. Because you're a mug. You're an absolute mug. And then what I'll do is I'll hold a microphone up to your, like, dying body, and then just <laughs> as your, like, final fucking death rattle, and I'll sample it, and that'll be <laughs> a massive it. hit. You fucking mugs. Weird. Right. Anything else on that before no. we get sued? No, Lovely. All right. Well, beautiful. We are. Um, there was some stuff about Funk, Funk Flex and Drake and Jay Z, but oh, just who cares? Funk Flex is just a twat. Uh, we'll maybe pick that up another time. Basically, we talk about his top. He had a top fifty rappers that are still alive list, 
and some of his comments about those sort of people. I, I don't really want to get into it now. I think it's an interesting subject, this idea of top 25s or top 50s. Like, there is no correct answer. Like, there will never be a consensus. Like, every single list I've seen from anyone of note just gets slated. And I don't even want to try because I know that if I do it, there'll be people with a problem with it. So, is, based on that, is it even worth like anything? basically but we'll discuss it another time what i want to get into is something that we're doing that currently no other pods are doing and i'm watching you other pods other hip-hop pods you're gonna bite us and i know it and so if you're listening to this remember this day where notorious pod the hip-hop forum told you we are the only hip-hop podcasters i know in the uk that are spending significant time breaking unsigned artists on our show so if i see any of you other pods Sniffing around this idea, you're gonna get smashed up like those sample nonces, man. Fucking does I just like shug night tonight, man. Fuck it all. You're gonna be hanging people over balconies and shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you you know, if you want if you're an unsigned artist and you don't want these podcasts dancing in the videos, come over to Notorious POD. Got my fucking death row chain on, ready for it. I'm channeling that sugar energy right now. Um, so it is time for our uh, halftime hype, where we play tracks that have been submitted. Last week, uh, we played a track by Drugs Only called uh, Sinaloa. Got a lot of love for that. A lot of people DMing me, asking a little bit about him. Uh, he's on Spotify. We've got a Spotify playlist, uh, which is just called the Halftime Hype playlist on Spotify. So search for that. And it's going to have all of the artists and the tracks uh, that we feature in this section. So check it out. This week... Uh, we actually got a submission from uh, J, just the letter J, the Virgo. Uh, and he's been actually like following T on Twitter for a little while. He's actually a Spurs fan, like like the three of us are. So there's been a little bit of back and forth between you and him, uh, just kind of Spurs-related stuff, I guess, T, right? And uh, yeah. he was like, oh, I've got a new album. Check it out. <laughs> he sent it to us. I haven't stopped listening to it, mate. I fucking love it. You know what? When people send me music, I think, oh, for fuck's sake, it's going to be terrible. So um, <laughs> I thought, before I even raise it to you guys, let me have a quick listen. Fuck, it's, actually, it's really good. And this sounds really patronising, but I just expected the worst. But it's just, you know, storytelling. It's not something you see a lot in hip-hop these days. And then, then he tips it on his head in a trap, track called um, Rap Tutorial. It just does, does a bit of wordplay. And no, it's a very fun album by Jay the Virgo. And um, yeah, I hope he gets, I hope he, you know, reaches the top. Yeah, agree. The album's called Ten. Uh, the track you're about to hear is a track called Bad Brackets. Was it good? Um, the album's out now. It's on all the streaming uh, services. So uh, yeah, you're about to hear Jada Virgo a track called Bad. Was it good though? 
Feeling bad, but not completely. I just got a hunger for more. Maybe I'm greedy. Asking myself if I'm asking for too much. Cause even when I like her, I'm thinking she screwed up. Like maybe her value system was different, or maybe something was missing. Maybe she would just always be talking, but never listen. Maybe I would be wishing she had a bigger behind, or maybe I was just less attracted to her over time. Well, fine, I'll be the bad guy. But still, I can't lie, I caught a bad vibe, and now I feel like my hands tied. This thing we doing doesn't have what it takes, but still, I love the opportunity to get in them cakes. No mistake, really do enjoy the company. But what you bring to the table isn't enough for me This whole relationship to me is like a luxury And I can't even tell why you even wanna put up with me Well lucky me, any other man would've been good Even though I don't wanna leave, no I probably should She just not in my league, so she could give me what I want But don't get what I need So, it's a shame, I be running my game when it's over, I'ma be the one you probably blame Nowadays, you hear my name, you be feeling mad When I think about you, I just be feeling bad Was it good, though? Hmm. Was it good, though? Yeah Bad Okay, so that was uh, Jay Virgo, Bad Brackets, Was It Good? From his album, was 10 Love that shit uh, check the rest of his stuff out go and support him he is is great and as I said all the tracks will be available on the Halftime Hype playlist so go and subscribe to that I've been listening to him on SoundCloud uh, because I don't really get along with Spotify uh, so I've been listening to him on SoundCloud because I use that for Below the Belt and uh, so for me that makes him a SoundCloud rapper which means he's out there catfishing women left and right um so when he comes on the podcast which i hope he really does that he tells us all the story about all the red hot catfishing he's been doing <laughs> i love how your mind works cal right where your mind takes you like i was just like okay well like, surely it's just the same music no cal's on another dimension about catfishing like the fuck's wrong with you uh, right well, gonna, honestly he does he does mate he needs committing to a mental institution or he needs Jesus. One of the two. Uh, right, we're now going to get into uh, part three. The choice is yours. This is a choice between two things and why. Could be an album. Could be an artist, could be a comedian, could be a sneaker brand, all relevant to hip hop or as relevant to this week as possible. There was nothing like binary going on. So I just thought I'll go for like top tier, just one of those questions that you need to ask people. Adidas or Adidas. And also, right, just before we get into this, I've started saying Adidas, right? Because right. that's what Americans say. And I've always associated Adidas with Run DMC, right? Uh-huh. But it's not, it's not Adidas because it's Adidas because the guy who started it was called Adidasla. Yes. So it's literally not Adidas, and I've got to stop myself saying it. Right. In the same way, as Nike is not Nike, it is Nike. And so I've got to start saying that. So I get it the wrong way around. I apologise. So I'll try and get this right. Boys, is it, which is your favourite? Adidas or Nike? Uh, I'm going to start with you, T. Tell me why. It's Nike. I'm not going to say Nike. Fuck off. Fuck him. <laughs> but, um, no, um... The thing about it, that's I like the retro stuff a lot, but 
I just think now I've got the Jordans, I've got the Air Max, I've got the Blazers, and yeah. um, their tracksuits are probably a lot better recently. So, yeah, I pick Nike. Fair. Cal, talk to me. Agree with T. Um, agree with T completely. I don't, I think I've got one, actually, I've got two pairs of Adidas trainers. One is uh, 20th anniversary bad boy shell toes. Oh. I never wear them because they're like fucking beige and just a bit shit. But I, they were bad boys, so I had to fucking buy them. And I've just got another fucking dead pair of trainers. But I don't wear Adidas trainers at all. I wear pretty much all Nike stuff. Um, I do say Nike. Sorry. Um, I do wear like Nike stuff and like T. I like Jordans. I like Air Max 90s. I like all that sort of shit, really. Um, so, and Adidas. I think Adidas are kind of, I think a lot of people kind of, put adidas and hip-hop together because of run dmc but let's yeah. have it right run dmc are fucking shit yeah, other, <laughs> other than like fucking like one song maybe two they're fucking trash so i don't think we should really link adidas with hip-hop because that's just offensive to hip-hop to be honest wow wow what i like about this is right right now there's going to be there's going to be a no, subset be a load of fucking run the jewels people wearing their run the jewels hoodies and their ethnic trainers going how, how dare you say that about randy mc oh fuck off this shit <laughs> oh i'm gonna throw my ethnies at you when i see you i've got my dcs on fuck off they just put their armpits in your face yeah velcro yeah. wallet wilkinson's <laughs> cards <laughs> shit cunts <laughs> I must say, look, the reason I'm not giving a passionate defense of Run DMC is because they're trash. Because because they're just one of the they're one of those groups that it's like I don't know, it's like people would just go, What do you think of Beethoven? You go, Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's a genius, so he's brilliant, right? Because it's just accepted as such. So you, you feel like a twat if you went, every time I've listened to it, I ain't enjoyed it. Right. If you said that about Beethoven or Mozart, people are like, wow, you're a cretin. You don't know. You obviously don't know anything about music. <laughs> run DMC and slagging them off is like that. If, you, if you're in like the hip hop community and you're like, I ah, just run DMC are a bit shit. Like it's just accepted. But I couldn't, I, I'm, I'm not a big aficionado of run DMC. So I, yeah, maybe I'll go with it, Cal. That's go it. it. That's my official stance. Run DMC, worst thing to happen to hip hop ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, official. Never- right. They should be Chris Benoit out of hip hop. Never be mentioned again. Just yeah, erased. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Just, yeah, we should just redistribute all of their like cultural things. Like oh, Adidas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was actually Fat Joga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. loves it. Yeah, mad for it. <laughs> yeah. Just just make it up. Just make it up. Um. All right. Now it's time for part four, which is the questions, boy. This is where we ask you listening to questions. We got, we actually got loads and loads of good ones. Uh, so we'll just work our way through these. Some of them are like quite, they're quite long questions and they're quite wordy answers probably. So we, we want to give it its full time. So, we had a question from John Brady on Instagram. He said, hey, guys, love the podcast. Heard about you from listening to Crate 808. It's like, all right, mate. Do you want to, like... Fucking mug off. Honestly, like, like, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. Shouts to Cam and the boys. You know, nothing but love for them. But just don't mention that. Just come to us and say, love the podcast. Just end it there. It's the free, it's free advertising now for Cam and the boys. And I've told you, we, we are trying to manufacture a beef. That's what we're doing now. We're, we're actively out there looking for any reason to just go out these other pods. 
um, people that are listening at home, T spat on the floor when when Crater was mentioned. I just yeah. saw it. He, he spat in his own house. That's how much it annoyed him. <laughs> and Cal, I swear there was a little bit a flame. I thought he was a flame there for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, not sure if you take questions on air, but I don't use Twitter. He said. My question is, what rappers have grown on you over the last years that you didn't like in the beginning? Now we have had similar questions this, so I won't take too long. As he's put. Like with me, for years, I saw Styles P as a feature on a tune, and I wouldn't be that interested. That's fair. That's exact, that is exactly That's how fair. I saw Styles That's fair. as well. Uh, he said, didn't rate him, but now I love his stuff. He's class. Same with Sean Price. Top five, Tupac, Scarface, Ferramonch, Blackthought, Inspector Deck. Fair enough. So any, and I know we did this fairly recently, but we'll just, just very quickly. Rappers that have grown on you over the years that you, didn't, you weren't that into in the beginning? Uh, Danny Brown was one. Yeah, Danny Brown's a shout. Carl? I think I said at the time. I think I said Ricky Ross. I think I said Rick Ross at the time because yes. yes, he yes. had a he had a beef with uh, with G Unit, and I was obviously loving Lloyd Banks. I was like, <laughs> how dare you! And then, uh, but then I started to listen to him, and I was just like, oh my god, I love Ricky Ross so much. Um, so yeah, that, that, I think Ricky Ross was was one of my answers. Um, I can't remember, so I'm going to stick with that one. I yeah, just remembered but... um, Odd Future was one. I couldn't ah. go into it. I couldn't go into it at first at all, but then you know, I really got into it after a while. I think. Their, all the albums were free to download on their site, and I just didn't get on with it. But I think Tyler and Earl, Earl Sweatshirt are probably the two that I like the most. Mm. Yeah, actually, sure. another one just to just to offer something fresh. Ransom. I wasn't sure about Ransom. Now I fucking love Ransom. I think he's great. It's a good shout. Um, Griselda for me. At the beginning, I was just like, oh fucking hell, it's another. I just hate new hip hop. I fucking hate it. Uh. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, we're just going to listen to this so I can slag it off. Oh, fucking hell. And then I was just like, yeah, this is fucking gully as fuck. <laughs> yeah. uh, now I love it. So, so yeah, there we go. All right, thanks for the question. We had another question. Uh, miscongeziality, which I actually think came out of our puns. You know, we did our big pun section ah, on movies. Yeah. So, and this from at uh, B-Boy Edgy. Uh, he's put, when people don't even put Big Daddy Kane in a list of top five all-time Brooklyn MCs, they should piss off... <laughs> And go and listen to country and western. Discuss. First of all, uh, I love that. Anyone who's like, look, what you know about this show is we are in the gutter. We go all the way in. We're trying to manufacture fake beefs with other podcasts that are run by lovely people. That that is how low we will go. Yeah. Um, so I like the I like the energy. Uh, go and listen to country and western. That is great. Um, top five all time Brooklyn MCs. So this week, little peek behind the curtain we we had a little look didn't we boys we had a look at um we did we did we had a little look at wikipedia to check our facts and there were some interesting um bits on there some people that were repping brooklyn uh mm. that weren't from brooklyn or that we didn't mm. think were from brooklyn and so there's a whole other discussion topic which we probably we should probably talk about in detail another time which is about how you rep your area and what qualifies you and I'll give you an example. Like Twenty One Savage was born in Newham, I think, right? So there was right. that whole there was this whole Twitter thing for a little while. They're like, Twenty One Savage is ours. He's fucking he's London, mate. Uh, <laughs> and you know, obviously, there's some other famous examples. Slick Rick, uh, MF Doom, I think, was born in in the UK. So it's an interesting dynamic. So maybe we pick that up as another subject. But uh, any thoughts on uh, Big Daddy Kane in your top five Brooklyn MCs of all time? Uh, let's start with you. Let's start with you, Cal. Um, I I'm loving the energy. Mm. I'm loving the energy. Mm. You know, if you don't agree with me, fuck you. I'll smash your face in. Right? I'm all for that. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these kind of like, <laughs> I'm trying not to be really offensive. 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's not in my top five of of Brooklyn MCs. Just had a little scroll on Wikipedia to see who was who's listed as Brooklyn. There's a few of these on it, like gurus, like fuck off, he's in Boston. Um, but I've written down Jay Z, Biggie, Master Ace, Buster Rhymes, Sean P. Solid. M- most most deaths from Brooklyn, right? I'd have him. Jizzers from Brooklyn as well, right? I'd have them. Yeah, Jizzers from Brooklyn as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most F is as well, yeah. But though that's my five, and Big Daddy Kane's not in it. A lot of those old school guys don't do it for me. Well, we, no one would have noticed after you run DMC fucking two foot tackle, mate. Uh, <laughs> exactly. who, who watch me? I'm gonna rhyme witch with ditch. Look how fucking <laughs> look how intricate I am. Fuck off. <laughs> Go on, T. Talk to me. Yeah, I think BDK has to be in the top five for for Brooklyn, and you know, I mean. Just look at the influences had on Jay Z as well with the wordplay. The thing with um, B. Diddy Kane, his his peak was quite short, a bit like a hip hop Mike Tyson, I suppose. Eighty six to eighty nine, untouchable. After that, you know, I think he was in Madonna's book, and he kind of dropped off the face of the earth after that. But yeah, I'd probably have him in there. But you know, it's quite a rich history of Brooklyn. You know, you've got the Jizza, um, Raekwon's listed there as well. Uh, you got got Guru and. There's quite a few, but yeah, I think he'd make mine. Uh, I'd have BDK in there. Yeah, it's a good chat. I, th- I think this is like the classic case of what we always talk about, which is like there's who should be considered the best versus like your favourites from that region. And I think like if, if Big Daddy Kane's on either of those lists, that that's fine. Like if, if someone said Big Daddy Kane's top five best Brooklyn rapper of all time on like the all-time greats list, I would not be offended by that in any way, shape or form. If you ask me who I prefer, there'd be probably 10 rappers i put above him that i prefer from brooklyn but that's what it's all about it's all about opinion so i get it i think i think cal in uh in kind of response to your like savagery of big daddy kane's uh verbal and lyrical ability is like footballers you have to judge them on the time that they're in and so like you know if if puss was out now he'd, he'd be he'd be dog shit mate he'd be he'd be at stoke at best he'd be like you know, do, doing bits in the championship um, <laughs> <laughs> because he just wouldn't be fit enough, strong enough, like all that kind of stuff. Bio, hashtag biology, right? He, he wouldn't be able to cope. And it's the same like with with Big Daddy Kane, like just stepped the game up, like massive, like blew the game up into another dimension and was like at, at, at his peak doing stuff that people hadn't done. Now it seems like fairly basic stuff. Even Rakim, like Rakim, what Rakim was doing was fucking mental at the time. Like, and, you know, to a certain extent, like now, it's a fairly formulaic flow that people just like, oh, that's pretty basic. But it, it was amazing at the time. So Big Daddy Kane, fair enough. But yeah. the thing I'm taking most out of that is the energy. It is oh, the I energy. Love it. Stick to your guns, mate. Stick to I your guns. I love it. I love it. And I wouldn't argue with anyone that had Big Daddy Kane in their top five at all. He's a fucking legend. And without without Big Daddy Kane, there is no Biggie, there is no Jay-Z. So, yeah. you know, the, he's the guy that kind of laid the path for them. But I've just realised that Shine is from Brooklyn as well, so he can't go above Shine. So I'm sorry. What about what about Memphis Bleak as well? Jazzo, mate. And Memphis Bleak, fucking Jazzo, Easy Moby. Oh my god. Jake. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Pops popping off in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, we had another question from Joe at TTID. Tottenham until I do. Ninety six. He said, "And notorious POD." Questions for next pod, unless you can direct me to another episode where you answered this. We, we may have answered this, but we'll answer it again. Top five or ten. Ten's too many. So we'll go top five albums of 2010s. Uh, if you want to make it more challenging, <laughs> leave out Kendrick. Uh, I'm going to defer to you because this was, I, I guess this was the era where I was just checked out 
of music. I'm, I'm sure if I did some research, I could probably find albums that I liked, but I can't be asked to think. So, T, let's start with you, mate, first. Because Cal T got looked a, Cal... a little... I've actually got a list, so oh, T, right, do on. you want a couple of minutes? Talk to me. Well, there's two albums that, I, that have to be in there anyway, okay. yeah. and that'd be Blue and Exile, Give Me My Flowers, I like Still Smell Them, um, Album of the Year, Black Milk, that'd be another one. I'll have a think about the other three, but those two definitely in there. I had a little, little, a little quick scroll before we started recording. I've just had another look just then um, because I'd never, never really thought about it before. But what I have written down is, is that five? Oh my God, that's six. Fuck it. I'm going to say it. Uh, Kanye, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, For me, that's that's his best album. I know um, John with his fucking Branston beans doesn't like it. Um, uh, this is going to be a, a little bit out of left field, but uh, Telephone by No Name, that I loved, that absolutely loved that album. Um, section, uh, we're not doing Kendrick, so I'm going to leave the Kendrick one out. Uh, Prime, Prime One, I really like that. Um, 444 by Jay Z and um, Freddie Gibbs, Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. That's my probably my favorite Gibbs project. Um, so those are my five without Kendrick. And if you was to include Kendrick, I'll probably have Section 80 on there as well. Bang. Yeah, probably mine. Um, probably gonna have um, I think Pinata, Freddie Gibbs would be in there. Um, add to the Jim Crow musical. Oh. And uh, hang on, hang on. I think the Tribe album. Oh, that was good. That oh, was that, good. That, that may shock you. The only one that I like on that list is the Tribe album. Of course, <laughs> I, I fucking like that album a lot. Um, all right. Well, look, let's um. Let's get to the last question, which is from at DJ Sim nineteen seventy. Um, I, I get the feeling when you, you'll, you'll get what I mean when I read this question out that uh, that Run DMC comment might might offend might offend DJ Sim. <laughs> How did the host get into hip hop? Was it their first love or something they found later? For myself, it was hearing the Street Sounds Electro LP series, breakdancing and watching films like Wild Style, Star Wars, Beat Street, Breaking in the Mid to Late Eighties. Um, let's start with UT. Um, I think it's it's always really interesting. It's a little bit like how people find their football club or um, something like that. Hip hop's not just like a genre that you like. If you're really into it, then it does like become a culture. So I'm always interested in how people find their way into it. So T, it'd be good to get your um, to get your background on that. I've never ever thought about this, and I've never ever spoken about it either. So um, it's a bit weird, but you know, I've got two older brothers. Um, they were there. You know, when hip-hop came to prominence in the early 80s, obviously invented in the 70s. So you had, like, you know, the electro, you know, breakdancing, and you had Carl's favourite group run, DMC, running things as well. But um, I got into it probably around 1990, 1991. I mean, I was aware of um, NWA, De La Soul, but when I, proper took a, when I took a real interest into it, it was the early 90s, and it was a golden era. So um, I guess you got people like Naughty by Nature, um, fuck the names that escaped me. Probably the early nineties that got me into it, and it's just um, just something you wanted to be a part of. It's just so cool, and you know they had all the best clothes. You had Dapper Dan, and you know you had the fly track suits and the fly outfits, and you had Big Daddy Kane of the four four finger rings, and you just really wanted to be a part of it. And it's just um, I think around anyone around that age, you know. You can't, you can't not have been influenced by hip hop in one way or another. It was just ubiquitous, and you know I just couldn't resist it really. But it was my two older brothers that really got me into it, for the most part. 
um, yeah, that's pretty much it, really. How about you, Cal? Like, that's what I think. Again, it's like it's a really interesting dynamic. Like, all of us kind of grew up. Well, so you, you boys, I think, both grew up in London. I grew up sort of outside of London. We were sort of vaguely the same age. Um, but so I'd be interested to your, your take, Cal, on on like how you how you got into hip hop. Um, so I mentioned earlier on in the podcast about how my auntie she used to listen to like a lot of soul music, mm. um, a lot of like Lufa and like Billy Ocean and all like different Motown artists. And um, whereas my mum was like into like or my mum and dad were into like weird rock music, which I fucking hated um, <laughs> and still do. Um, but when I was a kid, I liked Michael Jackson and all that sort of stuff. So that kind of lent itself. I bet you did as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> lol, 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 lol. <laughs> he liked me as well. Um, and then, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I really like Michael Jackson. And then, but then, you know, become a teenager. And what happened was my uh, my mum got remarried. And so I I inherited two stepbrothers. And they, they, mo- they like all sorts of music. But one thing that they did introduce me to was Regulate by Warren G, the Warren G album, which was like 94. Um, and so my house became a West Coast house. It was a West Coast hip hop house. So it was Warren G, uh, The Chronic, uh, Doggy Style, then The Dog Father. We listened to Tupac, like West Coast hip hop was what went down at my house. And then I used to spend a lot of time with my cousin who was, this, who was the son of the same auntie that um, liked all the soul music. And he was into Wu-Tang, Mob Deep, uh, all the, you know, the stuff that we all like, but I know you particularly bass like that sort of stuff. So he was really into that. And so I was like, oh, I started to soak up that. And then he started to soak up all the West Coast stuff. And then we all just kind of listened to all of our own kind of shit. And that's kind of how it got started from there. And then everything else came with it, the, the clothes and uh, watching the documentaries and everything else just kind of went after that, you know. Yeah, mate, my, mine's quite similar to yours, Cal, in the sense of like, grew up in a house with like the, the music that we like we were talking about earlier that was like samples and stuff that ended up being, I'd be like, oh, I know that. I know that from like when I was a kid. And so I feel like quite fortunate that like my mum particularly was like into, yeah, soul and Motown and like jazz and all that kind of stuff. So that, that was a good, I think a good anchoring in like good music. And then as I got older, my older brother, Alex, he... <laughs> He was into just like anything that was, I mean, like everyone at that time, he was a teenager in like the early 90s. So it's just anything that was rebellious. So like grunge was massive. Nirvana, yeah. Wu-Tang's dangerous. Wu-Tang, yeah. He liked jungle. Like he used to go to like Helter Skelter raves where you, you basically like give them your home phone number and they, they'd ring you and give you like an address and you'd rock up there and it'd be a rave on some farmer's land. It was like that era of just like music and the music of that era on all genres was fucking amazing. And he was like proper involved in it all. So it was always just really exciting to me. Like, Oh, what's these cool posters? Like what? I didn't really like put the two things together. These are also musicians. Cause it was very different from the music that was in the house. And then when I got older, I was like, I actually got into like garage much before. And that, that was the music that I was into the most over everything. And actually to the point where I was like a good friend of mine, Carl, he, uh, he was like massively into hip hop. And we would just like debate, and I would always like looking back at it now, it's mental to be like, Yeah, garage is much better than hip hop. Like, you've lost it, mate. Like, <laughs> it was to be fair, it's actually pretty good characterization because it was proper gammon. Because I was like, Yeah, but garage is ours, mate. It's British, so it's better. <laughs> like, none of this fucking Yankee Doodle stuff, mate. Proper British music, mate. Yeah. Uh, you know, to a certain extent, like, I, 
I'm kind of I like that. It was it was our own scene, and it's like fostered right. grime and all the other stuff. So I love that. But I did start to get an education in hip hop, and started to like hear certain projects or certain albums, like classic albums, like Illmatic and The Chronic and The Infamous, and I'm starting to be like, fucking hell, this is more than just like music you listen to to like dance to. This is like storytelling, poetic, conscious music that is like really important to like to people and to society like it's it's really important and so when I, I matured and got older it just like took over my life and it was like become a massive part of my who I am fundamentally like my beliefs is a, is a lot around the idea of hip-hop and the music will look like always go hand in hand with that so it's weird how it like changes and flip-flops but yes yeah, it's, it's a massive part and, and now the three of us are together and talking about hip-hop every other week so it's a pretty cool thing so thanks for that great question really like that and hope um you're not pulling your hair out. Listen to um, Cal absolutely fucking hammer to death. Run DMC. Uh, thanks very much, boys. We've um, we've got for another pod. We've done well it. Done. Well which done. Is great. Which is great. Just um, one last little plug. Uh, the website's still there. Uh, NotoriousPOD.com. We've got some articles on there. And there's going to be another article coming out very soon after this pod. Um, so the lovely James Holder, who is a fantastic writer, who wrote a brilliant piece on Eminem after we basically fucking hammered him to death last week, <laughs> uh, wrote a brilliant article about about him and the sort of conundrum with, with Eminem. And uh, what he's going to do is he's basically going to write an article based on one of the subjects that we talk about on, right. on the pod. So it might, might be this week for for arguments sake, it could be about sampling right and he'll write an article related to that so it'll be a really nice accompanying article um and blog to follow um which is on the website so feel free to check that out uh like i said before if you want to listen to the music from uh, the artists that we play go to the halftime hype playlist uh if you want to follow us notorious underscore p underscore o underscore d if you want to follow the boys cal uh at bc the grand slam everywhere t thelonious filth everywhere if you want to follow me, Big John Bass, it's not even my handle, but you'll find me, motherfuckers. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks and get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love at Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious P-O-D. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J-O-N-B-A-S-S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.